When parents enter the process of educational therapy, they're usually sad, worried, anxious, nervous, and unsure about their next steps. It is difficult to raise a child that isn't thriving the way you had hoped. And by the time they make it to an educational therapist, usually there have been a lot of meetings, a lot of tears, and a lot of other professionals guiding them. It is exhausting. This is all to say the hopes are high for educational therapy. The pressure is on for us. It is up to us to educate new clients coming into our practices on how long this process will actually take, where they will likely see the benefit first, hint, it's mindset and attitude of your child that shifts first as we empower them in their learning, and what will probably take a little bit of time, hint, grades will not improve as quickly as you hope. The team surrounding a child is essential. This episode is titled The Magic Pill. Spoiler alert, there is no magic pill. Let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 30 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. Can you believe we're at episode 30? It's insane. (laughs) Yeah. We hope you all have had a wonderful Thanksgiving last week. Steph, what did you do for Thanksgiving? I went to Disneyland. That's Steph's Thanksgiving Day tradition, you guys. Yes. Steph, does anything special happen at Disneyland on Thanksgiving? Well, they serve turkey dinner everywhere at all the different restaurants, their own like version. Oh. But yeah, ever since my parents got divorced and my mom and I decided that We were going to celebrate it together, and we didn't want to cook for just the two of us when it was just the two of us, really. Right. Because my brother lives in Texas, that we would just go to Disneyland and just have a day of it and have fun and look at all the shops. At all the shops? Yeah, we go in all the shops because we don't put pressure on the rides. So, like, we'll go on a bunch of rides, but, like, we'll go and they have all their Christmas stuff out and stuff. And so we'll, like, walk in all the little stores and stuff, too. It's kind of fun. Did you like how I was, like, Go in the shops. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is not what we do when we go to Disneyland. It's all about all the rides. No, this day is meant to be a combination. What is your favorite Disneyland treat? Like, what's the one thing you have to have when you go to Disney? I like churros a lot, guys. Oh, that's Adam's favorite, too. <laughs> he loves Disneyland churros. They're the best. <laughs> so on Main Street in Disneyland... You guys, we live in Southern California, so Disneyland is something we probably routinely do for those of us who are so fortunate. And they used to have in like one of the shops, I can picture the shop in my mind's eye, they used to have a chocolate caramel pretzel stick with like sprinkles on it. And it was so good. And they haven't had it like the last three times that I went to Disneyland. You know where it is, Steph? It's the candy shop. It's in the candy shop across the street from where they have the Starbucks on Main Street. You guys, let's just take note. Rachel thinks in terms of where Starbucks (laughs) are located, and that is her map. I mean, it was the best snack. I would get it. I would actually get two because I would get one for my friend Andrea's husband also, for Blake. (laughs) And I would, like, bring it to him and stuff. But I would say now my favorite Disneyland treat is the Coke float. Also on Main Street. For some reason, it is just 
the best snack as you're walking out of Disneyland. You're like, I need one last piece of like garbage to eat. And it's that. Amazing. Amazing. So how was your Thanksgiving? What did you do? Spoiler alert, we're recording this ahead of Thanksgiving, but Adam and I went to Dallas this year to visit his family. It was really fun. We always have a really good time when we go. That's good. I make no decisions while we're there and I kind of live for that. It's great. (laughs) I totally understand. (laughs) (laughs) Steph and I are very empowered women and we make a lot of decisions and so it's great not to. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. (laughs) I really enjoy it a lot of times. Yeah. Steph, do you want to talk about biz chicks and what we did? Yeah. Okay. So a couple of weeks ago, we went to a women's entrepreneur conference based on one of our favorite podcasts called Biz Chicks. We'll link it in the show notes. And if you've been following us on at Learn Smarter Podcast on Instagram, you'll seen some of our favorite moments that we posted about when we were at the conference. And we left the conference completely inspired and re-energized. And for us to end any year feeling that way is revolutionary because we're so exhausted, just like your students are and you guys are. We totally get it. We need the break as much as our kids need the break. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone needs one. So we're so excited about some new ideas that we have for the podcast and some upcoming things we'll be doing in our Facebook group. So if you haven't joined... Join our private Facebook group, Smarties of the Learn Smarter Podcast. Link will also be in the show notes. So, Rach, give us an update about gelato. So, for those of you who have been listening to the podcast the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about how I promised a client of mine to take him to gelato. We went to gelato last week, and the reason he earned gelato was because he agreed to change his binder system, and he was very emotional about it. And I think that's something that I'm learning to really appreciate when we change the kid's system of how they organize their stuff. It's really emotional for them. And he's not the only one mm-hmm. who has felt that way. And I think I sometimes just go in and I'm like, we're going to do it in one day and get it done. Anyway, it was really emotional for him to change his system. And there's a little Italian restaurant that opened like literally downstairs from my office. And so the deal was we were going to go to Gelato. He walked into session and immediately was like, Today we're going to gelato, right? (laughs) I was like, yes, but you tell me when. Do you want to go in the middle? Do you want to go right now? Do you want to go at the end? And he had some studying that he wanted to make sure that we did which we absolutely had time for both, but he wanted to start with studying. We went and took a break in the middle of session, and it was the most expensive gelato I've ever heard of because my office is in Beverly Hills, and that's what I get. Mm -hmm. And um, I could totally – I texted you a picture, Steph, of this tiny little sad You guys, it it looked like a tablespoon. (laughs) It was so small, and I could tell – by the look on his face that he wanted a second scoop, but I just couldn't justify it. And I was like, we will come back and you can try a different flavor next time. And I said, as we were ordering it, or rather as he was ordering it, because I like it when my clients are the ones doing the work in that scenario. I think it's good practice to let them ask for what they want. Yeah, I said to him, you know, I'm really proud of you because It was really difficult for you to change your binder system, and you did it, and I think it's better now. I mean, how do you feel about it now? And he goes, it is so much easier than what I was doing before. Aw, that's such a good victory. 
It was such a good victory. And I said to him, you know what? At some point, I'm going to ask you to do something difficult again, and we're going to remember this. And he's like, yeah, I'll remember. And I said, I would never have you do something that I think would be harder for you. And he goes, I know. Your job is to make it easier. So it kind of just warmed my heart. And Steph, you kind of had a similar thing. You were going to bring a client for a milkshake. I was going to bring a client for a milkshake, you guys, because we made an agreement that if she did all of her homework for the week that she could get a milkshake. And on the day she came to see me, something was due and she had forgotten her book at home. And so she missed an assignment. So we didn't get to go get a milkshake. So we're going to try again. Yeah, this was something Steph and I were, I think, writing this episode, and she was in the middle of telling me how she thought that they were going to go for a milkshake, and I was super excited for Steph's client, Yeah, and I think there was a text exchange between the two of us that I posted on our Learn Smarter account, because you really do get two at therapists for the price of one when you (laughs) work with either (laughs) Steph or I. And I told her that. She was so close. That's how I know we'll get her there. Oh, for sure. Are you adjusting the goal? Not yet. I'm going to try one more week because we talked about some strategies, how to ask for help when you forget something. Right. And that was our problem solving for the session was let's talk about some strategies that'll work if this happens. Because it wasn't that she forgot about it. It's that she didn't have what she needed and she was afraid to ask. Mm. And then she tried to do it during the school day and it didn't work or something. So she it just didn't work out for her. So we're going to try again. And if that doesn't work, then we're going to readjust the goal because I want her to feel successful. I'm with her. I can't wait to get that picture. Oh, yeah. Because I know it will come of Steph's client getting a milkshake. It will. We talked about what flavor she's getting. She wants it. So she'll get it. She will get it. She will get it. And I'm excited to get it for her. So stay tuned, guys. Hopefully the next time we record, Steph will have an update about how delicious that milkshake was (laughs) for her client. And hopefully I can have one, too. Wouldn't that be amazing? That would be great. So this episode is called The Magic Pill, and it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek episode title. We debated this episode title, and then we're going with it, people. (laughs) What we want to talk about today is the idea of a magic pill and that it truly doesn't exist. In educational therapy, there are a couple metaphors that we use pretty consistently. One is that educational therapy is more akin to a marathon, not a sprint. And another metaphor that we use is actually about fires, which may not be the timeliest given what we're going through here in Southern California right now, but we think it's a good metaphor. So Steph, why don't you dig into these two metaphors a little bit? and about why it's important that parents understand this prior to starting educational therapy. Yeah, you know, I think it's important to note that we need to set some expectations for you and your student. Number one, they have learned a lot of things, and that's how they're coping up to the point that they've come to educational therapy. Mm -hmm. And no matter how old they are, if they've been doing it for you know, six years or they've been doing it for two years, no matter what, it's a big chunk of their life. The ratio is most of their life they've been doing this, regardless of how many years it is. The compensatory strategies. Exactly. So you have to take that into account. So that's why this is a marathon, not a sprint, right? You don't go out and sprint 
like an Olympic athlete tomorrow, right? You're not ready for that. You have to work your way up to it. So that's number one. That's why this is a marathon, not a sprint, because a sprint almost feels like a little bit like a Band-Aid because you are just covering up and able to do these little bits, whereas we're looking at a bigger picture. And a marathon to me is a bigger picture Mm -hmm. or even a triathlon maybe because you're doing so many different things. Because you have to unlearn the bad habits, right? Exactly. Exactly. And those bad habits are what have gotten you through thus far. Exactly. So that's why it's a marathon, guys. And you're not going to see results tomorrow. And Rach, as you always say, they're only one day older than they were yesterday. Right. So that's number one. The second is with the fires, putting out fires. So there's different things, right? There's fire prevention versus putting out a fire, right? You know how to put out a fire. Let's say you're having a a fire in your kitchen. You know how to put the fire out. You learn that. But also, as you get older, you learn what causes the fire, right? You know you shouldn't put metal in a microwave, for instance. You know, all these sorts of things that you don't really know as a kid. So fire prevention is just as important. And if you can learn how to anticipate fires, that is going to be the key. So that's sort of what we're trying to teach. For instance, with my milkshake student, putting out the fire would have been her asking for help or coming up with ways to get what she needed, Mm -hmm. right? So what we talked about is, okay, this is what you would have done. Let's learn how to prevent the fire. We made a list of things she posted in her locker that she needs to bring home every single day. So Mm -hmm. that's going to be the prevention for her because she's going to have what she needs if she checks the list. I love that. Well, you got a picture of that and maybe we'll post it. I do have a picture of it, actually. Yeah, there you go. Maybe we'll post (laughs) it on at Learn Smarter Podcast. The other thing that I will say, and this is part of the management of expectations about educational therapy, which is not a magic pill. Things are not going to turn around instantaneously. It took a while to get a student into educational therapy and it takes a while to graduate them out. But usually when a client is coming into the practice, We're putting out fires, and that's how we're spending our time in session. We're turning in that old homework. We're trying to figure out what's happening when. We're trying to get everything in place simultaneously so that they can move into the phase of fire prevention. So it's not realistic usually as the educational therapist and as the client and as the family is getting to know each other. There is this period of time where we're putting out fires together, so you're no longer alone in these kind of quote-unquote academic emergencies, and we're here on that team with you. And eventually, usually fairly quickly, depending on multiple factors, which we're going to talk about, we do move you into the stage of fire prevention, which is really where we all want to be, right? We don't want to be putting out fires in the kitchen. It's so much easier just to prevent them. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. And then at some point, you and your learner are going to realize that those fires are a distant memory. And that's really fun. Yeah, that like, remember when that was really hard, or that's what you were struggling with, and look at how far you've come. I love to do that with students and parents, because I had a win this week from actually a client the mom sent me a picture of a math test and he got 100% on his math test. And while... Stuff, that's so cool. It is. And while he has a tutor for math specifically, what we work on is studying and how to organize himself and know what he needs to do and get it done and all of those things that all lead up to the math test. Right. 
And so that's a huge win. And so when I've said to him recently, because he's just sort of starting to hit that tipping point in ed therapy where he's now starting to understand, he goes, okay, so it's going to take me this many minutes. We're going to do this at the beginning. He knows coming into session now. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, remember when this was hard? And, oh, I wanted to take a picture of something. And he said, why are you taking a picture of what I did? And I said, what if you had this picture for when you started coming to me? Yeah. And you saw another kid do something and it's easy for them now. Would you like that? And he said, yes. It's helping each exactly. other. Right. They don't know who they're helping. Yeah. But it benefits another client sometimes when we show a picture of something that somebody else did. Because for those visual kids, sometimes they need that, right? Totally. So anyway. There are so many different elements that we're working on during this first phase of educational therapy, including mindset, attitude, self-esteem, motivation, emotional regulation, figuring out their learning style, figuring out how to own their time and knowing where everything is at the moment you need it. Do you guys see why sometimes we don't get to the studying for that math test on day one? You just can't. This is something that makes us different from tutors, right? Right. It's so true. And I want to use this other metaphor. Sorry for all the metaphors, you guys, but you are the metaphor queen. Yeah, that is true. So if you're talking about a baby, what's the first thing you learn before you walk or before you run? You learn how to crawl. You don't wake up one day and you can run across the room. You have to take the different steps. So if the math test is the running in this scenario, we are not going to just get up and run. Right. You have to learn how to crawl and then you have to learn how to walk and then you can start running. But it's all a process. And please trust in us that we are going (laughs) in a way that is the marathon will get there. We always encourage families coming into the practice to keep it realistic and to keep it reasonable. For all those aforementioned reasons, this is why ed therapy is a long-term play. We are hired for our expertise, and parents are hiring us to help us prioritize what is important. It's up to us to explain why we start there, right, Steph? Yeah. And we also only have 50 minutes, and we spend that time prioritizing what is important in that individual session for that long-term goal. Mm-hmm. So figuring out the goals of educational therapy like we've talked about. So when we do it together, you know, with suggestion and input from the family and suggestion and input from the student, right? We're taking all of this into account. It's not dictated by anyone. Mm-hmm. But we take it all into account because we figure those out together because those goals define success, We don't use grades as the definition of success. Like I said with my milkshake client, (laughs) right now, all we're working on is getting all her homework in. Mm -hmm. That is my only goal at this present moment with her because that's where we need to start. Right. And you're doing what we always tell parents, which is pick one thing. Pick one thing. Have success in that one thing because, again, you're at the bottom of that staircase And you're looking your way up that staircase, right? Yep, yep, yep. And she understands because I'll constantly say, what are we working on? I'm very clear about the goals. What is our goal? She can say to me that I get all my homework in. So that she knows that she needs to focus on. So it's important that everybody is aware and on the same team. 
Our clients' grades absolutely see the benefit of educational therapy, but it won't be usually as fast as you think. Like we say, it really depends on what's going on. The student, we have kids that come in with straight A's, yes, but have a lot of anxiety or spending every waking moment earning those A's. Mm -hmm. So their grades are not a factor and their grades might slip a little bit before and then they'll go back up. But we can't use grades as the barometer of what we need to work on. Preach, sister. Yes. Preach. (laughs) So we also wanted in this episode to have a conversation about something else that often gets mistaken as a magic pill, which is an actual pill. So this is a conversation about medication for students with ADHD. We want to have this conversation because it's often a conversation that we're having with parents coming in to the practice when they're newly diagnosed. The first thing we'll say is we don't get involved in medical decisions, right, Mm -mm, Steph? mm -mm, mm -mm. We're not medical professionals. This is a medical decision about whether or not to medicate. It's one of our most frequently asked questions. Should I put my child on medication? There are pros to it. We see the benefit a lot when parents make this decision. It levels the playing field for our students with ADHD. Mm -hmm. The cons are that students sometimes don't like them and there are unintended side effects. And sometimes, very, very rarely, it simply doesn't work. But I feel like for those students who fall into that very small percentage point of it not working. It's usually because the parent is also struggling with executive functioning and you have to be really on it with this medication because it's so different from other medications. Right, Steph? Yeah. You have to be monitoring your child very closely. It's a lot of work and some people are very for it. Some people are mixed and some people are against it. Mm -hmm. So The last metaphor of the episode, you guys. (laughs) Maybe we should title this episode the metaphor episode. (laughs) Is medication for some people is a little bit like glasses. It's not the glasses you think of like whether I can see or not. It's not that kind of metaphor. It is if you are wearing glasses or you wear reading glasses or something and you put them on your bedside table and you need to pick them up. It's dark outside. The difference for the medication is going to be you looking for your glasses on your nightstand table when it's dark or you looking for your glasses on your nightstand table with the light on. Mm. Which one is easier? It's easier with the light on. The medication is that part of the metaphor, the light. You still have to do the work. It's just a little bit easier when the light is on. Exactly. To further extend it, the pill isn't going to teach your kid to bring their lunchbox home every day or suddenly create that routine for them or suddenly help them know how to structure their essay, but it will allow them to learn how to complete these tasks without interference from ADHD. Right, Steph? We just wanted to put it out there and cover it since it's a big topic. And since we named this episode The Magic Pill, we think a lot of people were probably tuning in thinking we were going to talk about medicine. So we just wanted to address it. At the end of the day, there's no magic pill. There's things that can help. And not doing too much at once and managing expectations and setting the goals for success, not letting grades be the determining factor of success are really, really important ideas to remember on your journey with your learner. Yes, I like it. 
If you haven't yet joined our email list, go ahead and go to www.learnsmarterpodcast.com. You'll get emails from Steph and I, and every once in a while, we do send out the freebies that are associated with this podcast. Spoiler alert, in a couple of weeks, we are going to have an amazing freebie that we're so excited to share with you that really will help you understand the process of educational therapy and giving you a different structure for how to think about helping your child reach goals, going from point A to point B to point C. Have a great week. Have a great week, everyone.